I see him sprinting. And then next thing I know, I assess his course and he's running to me. Now, where I'm standing at this point, I'm not really near the incident. I'm kind of closer to my car. So he starts running towards me. So I'm thinking, okay, Ronnie, (laughs) put your hands up, which is what I did. And as soon as I put my hands up, Walker, I, I, I zoom in on him and his kind of running position. And he's got his hand on the right side of his belt, his right hand. So I'm thinking, okay, um, don't know why this guy needs his taser for this situation, but you know, may, maybe, you know, I know I'm black in the situation, black male, six foot three, huge. So I know I'm already guilty already. Right. Even though I'm not even involved in the situation. So, um, I got my hands up and I look again and I'm like, no, his taser's on his left side. That is something else. Yup, this is Caesar Walker, the cool, calm, collected one. And I'm Ronnie Gadget, the emotional one. And we are the Tipping Point Podcast, your source for sophisticated ignorance, intellectual stupidity, and well-articulated nonsense. Walker! We finna cook! Walker, can you, walk, walk, walk. Walker, can you come to our game? Podcast. Peace and blessings, beloveds. We want to thank you guys for your continuous support of the podcast. Guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe and follow us. Give us a five-star review on whatever streaming platform device you're using. Uh, Also, guys, you can go to our website, which lists all of our streaming platforms, social media platforms, as well as our YouTube page. Gatchery, what is that website, sir? That is thetippingpoint.com, T-H-A, tippingpoint.com. Thank you, sir. And with that, shall we begin episode 94? Nine foe? Uh, yeah, why not? How you been, man? It's um, good to see you. Likewise, dude. It's been it's been a um interesting weekend. Um and, and Walker. Interesting? Yeah, I've got a lot. So if we need to like switch up our order on this opening, I'm okay with that. Or if you want me to just go, I can go. You want me to let me go first. Okay. Well then hey, that's the red carpet. <laughs> Put let your Balenciagas on it. Let's go. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me go. Let me go first. Um, Getcher, I've been having fun this past week or so. Okay. No, no, I'm still at the house. Okay. Still quarantining. I think we're down to four people left. Um, but dude, I've been enjoying just, I haven't been eating bad, but I've been having, I've been enjoying myself. Tomorrow, dude, tomorrow is a Monday. Uh, we're recording on a Sunday, of course. I begin this, uh, I believe it's phase nine of this workout program. Um, I've completed phase eight. I was telling you about it and the listeners a few weeks ago. I'm nervous about this one. Not the physical activity or the exercise. I love exercising. That's not the problem. Dude, I think I figured out not so much figured out. I always knew I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do diet wise. What I mean by that is, dude, I'm gonna have to eat a lot more in this next program. Now I know, and again, your facial expression is like, what do you mean eat? You know, I eat healthy, right? Like I, I eat, I eat pretty healthy. I'm pretty disciplined. Those who know me know I'm pretty disciplined. But what I've learned yet is that 
I'm dealing like I'm playing around with macros this uh, time. Okay. Your macronutrients, you know, your proteins, your carbs, your fats, the 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 amount of c- uh, calories you need to take in on a given day based on your physical activity that day, right? right. To hit your marks so that you can, you know, progress to your goals. Fam, like what I've learned is the more clean you eat, the less calories you take in. And if you're eating clean, that means you have to eat more. And so during the day, like, it's not like, okay, I ate, I ate chicken and broccoli. Two hours later, I'm gonna eat some nuts and fruit. No, two hours later, I'm probably eating fish. Like I'm like, I'm eating, eating. To, to get to hit my you know my calories and I did that a few years ago when I dropped weight like crazy and so now like I I already know like I, I reached my goals this year but it took longer than I wanted it to and it was because I wasn't eating enough right and oftentimes we think you know people think when you eat more eating less is healthier well you know Oftentimes, you know, you're not eating, if you eat fast food six times a day, yeah, that is unhealthy, but eating five or six times of clean eating is what your body actually needs to accomplish whatever your goal is, right? If it's to lose weight, whatever the case may be. Dude, I'm not looking forward at all (laughs) to to eating that much just because of the routine of it all. Like I'm gonna have to cook more, I'm gonna have to do, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole meal prep thing. Like when we get done recording, I gotta go to the store and get a bunch of Whole Foods. And it's just that part, I'm like, ugh. But that's where your success is made in the kitchen more so than in the gym or wherever. You can say that again. So, yeah, man. So it's just like, I'm having to spend the rest of the day getting myself mentally prepared for every two hours, time to eat or, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, dude, like that's, that's the big thing for me is, you know, I've, I've been championing, you know, my success and been happy for my success, but dude, this next level is, it's going to reap some serious benefits, but it's just the mental block. Like, God, I don't want to do it, but mm-hmm. that's just where I am right now, man. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's just going to be a challenge. Yeah. And I, I'm gonna, I hope, I hope you share, hopefully you share a lot about this because uh, last uh, November, I started uh, I'm, the gym where I work out. We have like a nutritional arm. Where we have nutrition nutritionists, higher nutritionists who will put you on a meal plan that's macro uh, based. So I tried that last November and struggled. Okay. I, I tried to put it off to the beginning of the year because November starts holiday season. I knew I wasn't going to act right. But I will say for those uh, <laughs> of that 90 days of the maybe 30 to 35 days I did right I did see rapid weight loss so um one uh one of the things that I keep telling myself to do but I haven't committed to was I still have all the materials and she even made me my own meal plan and um I've highlighted those meal plan emails where where I started seeing the weight just kind of evaporate um Mm -hmm. and I've been telling myself to go back to those emails and as as I'm shopping incorporate some of the same things and see if I can get back on it. No excuse, but I just haven't done it yet. So, gotcha. So yeah, the, um, I, I do believe in macro, the macro, uh, nutrition, just not in holiday season. (laughs) Of course, of course, but this is a good time to do it before we get up, before we, you know, come up on holidays, go ahead and get your body burning everything for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I'm going to use, I'm going to use my fitness pal the app to actually log what I'm eating 
uh, on my electronic device. And so that'll kind of help me during the day to kind of document what I'm eating and it kind of will help train because a lot of times that can be kind of work. But then again, I think about how often am I on my my phone throughout the day. I can log this stuff real quick and keep it moving. Yeah. And it'll help me to kind of think through on what I'm eating in a given day and it helps keeps me disciplined. So another thing I think I want to do is I want to document it in my in my IG stories. Okay. Uh, Look at you, Mr. Social. Yeah, I know. So you know again I'm trying to I'm trying to be better man. I know yes this guy this guy <laughs> somebody's hacked be our zoom here man where's walker <laughs> i am trying to be better i really am so um yeah dude that's 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 kind of where i am just you know it's just kind of like before the game you're just like okay i know i can do this i will do it but man i got i got i got a grind ahead of me so right. that's kind of where i am but i'm looking forward to it um I got my fun out the way, so I don't have to be like, man, I wish I had. Nope. Yeah. I ate it all. It's we're done. We're past that. So I'm ready to go. That's what's up, Walker, man. I um I salute that dude. And um you you'll do better than I did for sure. So yeah. <laughs> and I'll keep you posted. Hey, maybe I maybe I'll inspire you to do it. Maybe, maybe, because I, I could use some Beginning inspiration right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's all. That's what's up with me, man. What's okay. going on with you, man? Um, like I said, it was, a, it was an interesting weekend. I, I want to. I kind of want to start off my opening by uh, shouting out and thanking Black Huntsville Magazine uh, for the great feature they did on this very podcast you're listening to. So, um, my shout guy, yes, yeah, shout out to them. My guy, Juice. Shout out to Juice. Yes, Thanks, from Suburban Juice. Pod. He uh he uh he laid not laid it up, but uh, he alley ooped that one for us. And uh, came through with a really, really dope article, man. Um, Black Huntsville Walker, I have to send you a link to it. It, It's so unique. It's a fully digital magazine. But um, the experience as you access it, you feel like you're turning the pages through a tangible tactile magazine. It's just it's artfully produced um, quality articles, quality contributors. I just I love everything. And, and, And selfishly, I will admit I went in just looking for our stuff because I'm a selfish narcissist. Uh, but I found myself turning the pages and reading about some very, very uh, good art, good articles and, and uh, inspiring thoughts from other uh, young black artists in the Huntsville area. So um, shout out to Huntsville, number one. Uh, a lot of talent there. A lot of great things going on in that city. So I was Do you very- know their IG? Do I have their IG? Yeah, I think it's. Um, no, I don't have it off the top of my head. <laughs> Because we would like to get provide that to people as we're talking about them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you if you search black if you search Black Huntsville if you search Black Huntsville magazine on Instagram, they'll, they'll be the only one there. They've got like a BH logo, so you'll see them. Um, so yeah, just wanted to start off by that. Walker, uh, something really really uh, interesting happened to me yesterday. Uh, so uh, and well, I don't I don't need to give details. Uh, so I was I was en route to uh, to to a meeting with a client for some side work that I'm that I'm trying to generate and get off the ground. Um, this this uh, this person lives in the Mountain Brook area, and for those who aren't familiar, Mountain Brook is a very affluent uh, part of Birmingham. Um, so anyway, I, I'm driving there, and uh, I, I get behind this car, Walker. A uh, white Lexus, to be exact, and uh, he's driving rather erratic, speeding up, slowing down, hard, hard, having a hard time staying in the lane. Um, you know, not 
not uh, accelerating when the light turns green and things like that. And so um, anyway, I'm behind him in this period. He's driving very slow, and but I'm at a point to where I can't really overtake him. I wasn't in a hurry. I was on time. No big deal. So um, next thing I know, uh, he he stops and prepares to turn left. So um, I stop behind him, and on the opposite end of the street is a group of bikers, about 10 bikers, right? I'm talking like uh, speed road bikes, not uh, motorcycles. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a crew of them riding together. A very populated area with bikers, walkers, and things like that. So he stops. He's got his left blinker on. And, you know, I'm not thinking anything of it. I'm actually, at this moment, I am, like, jamming hard to Rod Wave. Uh, so <laughs> I'm just in my zone. So uh, the, the the bike crew approaches this intersection. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, once they pass, he's going to make this left turn. So he goes to make the left turn as the bike crew is approaching the intersection. He, he puts on the brakes. Cause I think I think he he may not have seen them initially. So I'm like, okay, cool. He's not gonna you know ram into him. He sees him, so he stops and he lets like two maybe the three by. And then next thing you know, this dude slams the accelerator to get up this hill. So Walker, um, very, very tragic. Next thing I saw, these these three or four bikers collide with the car. Three bikers are ejected from their bike. Uh, one guy falls directly on his head. Thank God he's wearing a helmet. One guy falls on his side, ends up breaking his leg. Uh, I mean, Walker, it was it was tragic. It was there were there were three guys in the street that were all ejected from their bikes. Okay, so um, the guy the guy of course pulls over. He gets out of the car. He's panicked. This guy looks to be anywhere between 70 and 75 years old. So, um, you know, I asked Siri to alert the emergency services uh, just so, you know, we, we can get somebody here to, to look at these guys. And um, I, I you know, went ahead and made the 911 call, gave them all the information. I'm starting to freak out. So I hop out the truck. I don't even know what to do, but I'm walking up. I, I got to do something, right? And so I'm walking up. Guys got to, you know, I mean, just tragic injuries, blood, blood, bloody side of the head. Like I said, the second guy, I could tell his leg was broken just the way it was. And I'm just like, it's pure adrenaline right now. So as bad as that was, Walker, here's where it gets really, really touchy. And this is, this is kind of what I want to focus on for this opening today, if I can. So um, There's more? Yeah, there's more. So I'm assessing the situation. Um, a white male doctor walks up, announces he's a doctor, and starts to really triage and try to figure out what's going on. I tell him I've, I've, I've called 911, um, asked him if there's anything I could do. And so he doesn't answer that, but he just kind of goes to work, right? And he's talking to the guys. The guys are conscious, thank God. Um, and he's just trying to figure out what's going on. Next thing I know, I, I turn to my left. I hear a police car coming, right? So, um, again, my truck is in the middle of the street, parked, right? Um, no traffic's coming through just because you got bodies in the pavement. Uh, live bodies, excuse me, Walker. Um, so the police car weaves his way through. He's flooring it to where, to where the, the incident is. So uh, he throws it in park, hops out of the police, police uh, Tahoe or whatever, Walker, and quickly, quickly exits the vehicle, and he starts running. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he's running to assess the situation, see what's going on. So it, it's kind of weird. It's hard for me to say via audio, but it was like kind of a tri triangular pattern, right? Where at one point of the triangle was the tragic incident. I'm at another point of the triangle and he's at the apex. He's coming from the apex, right? So um, I see him sprinting. And then next thing I know, I assess his course 
and he's running to me. Now, where I'm standing at this point, I'm not really near the incident. I'm kind of closer to my car. So he starts running towards me. So I'm thinking, okay, Ronnie, <laughs> put your hands up, which is what I did. And as soon as I put my hands up, Walker, I, I, I zoom in on him and his kind of running position. And he's got his hand on the right side of his belt, his right hand. So I'm thinking, okay, um, don't know why this guy needs his taser for this situation, but you know, may, maybe, you know, I know I'm black in the situation, black male, six foot three, huge. So I know I'm already guilty already, right? Even though I'm not even involved in the situation. So um, I got my hands up and I look again and I'm like, no, his taser's on his left side. That is something else. And so this, this white lady who's walking on a trail near to where this happens, she, she starts yelling at the cop and she says, no, 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 not him. It was him. And she's pointing at the man driving the white Lexus, the older white male. It was him. He's the one that hit the biker. Now she's yelling this as he's, as he's running towards me, right? I still got my hands up. I can't say anything. I'm just like, oh goodness. I'm thinking about my wife. I'm thinking about my kids in this moment because I don't know what's about to pop off. So um, he keeps running my direction, Walker. And it seems like everything was in slow motion. So weird. I usually hate when people say that, but this was my experience yesterday. So um, he, he's still running towards me. Next thing I know, this lady runs off the side of the road and she intersects us. She's standing in between the police officer and myself. And before she can even say anything, the white male doctor who came to assess the situation, he starts yelling at the cop, I need you over here. I need you over here. We need help over here. We need help, you know, in this area. Because at this point, it's clear he's running my direction. So he still got his hand on the right side of his belt. And um, there's, a, there's a white lady standing in between us. And she utters the word, or not utters, she yells the words, no. Not him, not today. Those are her words verbatim, Walker. And I started getting chills, like, oh, my goodness. Now, she's in between us again, Walker. So he runs up on her, and he kind of stops. And he looks at me with a, with a look that I didn't really appreciate. And then he changes course back to where the action happened. And so I'm shaking at this point, Walker, because I'm thinking, here I am. <laughs> I've, I've witnessed this whole thing unfold. I've alerted the authorities to come and help. I'm trying to help, but there's really nothing I could do because I don't know how to fix a broken leg. I don't know how to keep everybody right. stable. I don't know what to do. You know, no one needs CPR because everybody's breathing still. Um, but here I am helping while black, as I'll say. And for for a few moments, I was I was in victim mode, like I was or suspect mode, I should say. And so um I still got my hands on my head, or, or, or I still got my hands up, right? And the cop has passed me. He's dealing with the situation. And so this white lady looks at me, and she says, look, she says, I know in this time of COVID awareness and uncertainty that people are really, you know, curious about their space, yada, yada, yada. She said, but if you need a hug right now, please hug me. She said, I don't care about COVID. I don't care about anything. She said, I assume you don't have it, but... I just I, if you if you need if you need to just hug hug me hug me right now, and of course I didn't, but um, I still have my hands up, and um, I'm like okay so you saw you saw what I just saw, and she said yeah and she said it's, it wasn't gonna happen today, 
She said, I just felt it on my heart that it was not going to go down today. I paraphrase a little bit of that. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I just, I said, thank you. I said, I need to call my wife. And she was like, okay. She's like, but you can put your hands down now. And I said, are my hands still up? She said, yeah, your hands are still up. Like that, that's how much in shock I was, Walker. Right. So um, right. Slow, slowly put my hands down, still trying to re reprocess everything. Hop back in the truck, ca call my wife, you know, tell her I love her and tell her everything that just transpired, right? Just kind of get it all out. And so um, I get back, I get off the phone with her. I get back out of the car and I'm looking for this lady, right? And so um, I find her and she, she's kind of like helping assess the situation because still there haven't been any paramedics or fire department on the scene yet. The two other police officers have showed up, but that's it. And so I, I look for her, I find her and I thank her profusely, right? Um, but uh, and then long story short, after that, paramedics show up. They they take all three guys had to go to the hospital, and this this actually broke on AL.com, so it was slow news day yesterday. But um, they they take everything out. They take everybody out. I'm trapped in between all this. Like I, I can't move my car anywhere anywhere. I'm late for my meeting. You know, I'm contacting her or whatever. So finally, once they break the scene down, um, I leave, and then you know I'm 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 sh I'm sh I'm shook, Walker. You know, because I'm still I'm reprocessing everything. I'm trying to trying to look at this whole incident through his lens to see, okay, what what did what did he feel like? What kind of threat did he feel in that moment? You know, we were in Mountain Brook. I am a rather large black male. Um, I'm standing by my car. There are three white male bodies in the street. You know, <laughs> what what what? Maybe he thinks I shot three people. I have no idea. So you never interacted with this cop again? No, I never saw him again. Never saw him again. Well, I, I saw him. I saw him as I was looking for this white lady, and he was he was he was actually being a public servant in that in that moment. But um, I never said anything to him. I never got close to him or anything after that. So um, Walker, you know, it, it out of the hundreds of thoughts I was processing yesterday throughout the day, and I couldn't even focus at the meeting I went to for this project I'm working on with this lady. I couldn't even focus on that. But you know. I, I on my on my heart was the thought of this whole defund the police movement. Um, and I just I just want to share here that again, and I think we're repeating this because we've said it before, we and me in this situation, I'm not advocating for eradicating the police. I think that's a reach. I think you know uh, politics and social media have driven that narrative to that extreme, but what I mean by defund is why did this man automatically assume me as a threat upon exiting his squad vehicle? Why didn't, why, why didn't I get the, at least if he's not going to go to the situation, to the, to the, uh, to where all the, all the, you know, the guys were injured or hurting or whatever he, if he's not going to go there first off, at least give me the common decency to approach me and maybe ask questions, not immediately, reach for reach for your handgun as you're approaching me running at me you know and it, it brought it brought a level of reality to um what a lot of black men or black people in general are facing in these times it's, it's like my wife said when i talked to her I, you know I, I called her probably like 12 times yesterday in between you know that the meeting and another stop i had to make and going home and she just kept reminding me, she was like, you know, Ronnie, this is just the world we live in. And I'm like, well, you know, that's that's not good enough. You know, that I, I, I don't think that's good enough. So 
when, when we say defund the police walker, what, what I what I took away from it in this particular example is why not generate, why not take from a police budget to generate more effective training, more effective protocols to where uh, an uh, innocent citizen such as myself is not left with the horror or the or the imposed danger that happened in those few seconds of him exiting the squad car approaching me. Maybe right. maybe having training on not criminalizing people before you even have an opportunity to, to assess the situation. Unless somebody called, you know, and this this is this is part of the outlier theory that I have. Unless somebody called and said, Hey, hey, there's a black man out here in the street shooting people, which you know, which definitely didn't happen, you know. Um, but and and I don't know if that happened or not. Um, but you know, unless that went down, there's no reason to really, you know, exit your car that aggressively towards me when there are three other men who are injured in the street that could really use your help right now. Right. So, um, anyway, that was that was all yesterday morning around nine thirty, Walker. <laughs> So uh, I, I wanted to share that, of course, and I also want to open it up to you and just, you know, just hear what do you what do you think about that situation? Um, first off, I want to thank you for being very transparent about your experience. I'm pretty sure that that is going to resonate with people who are looking for additional context into uh the issue of 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 um, police brutality and and understanding the reality of it. Um, you're actually the second friend of mine in so many months who have had encounters with police in which they actually called the police themselves and ended up being potentially like you was not targeted. People intervened, but the my other friend actually got targeted. Oh, by police and tased and arrested for no reason. Um, so I thank you for being transparent about your story. One of the things I will mention is for those who are listening, what if that, what if there wasn't a white woman in this story? You know what I mean? We, we tend we tend to harp on the on the stories that actually make headlines the Jacob Blakes the George Floyds think about think about situations like this that happen so often where there is someone who can intervene and say no officer this person didn't do anything wrong the issue is over here right what would have happened if she wasn't there? What would have happened if she was there but didn't speak up? Again, this is another reason why it's important for for us to have allies that speak up on our behalf because there was nothing yet you could have said or done to change that cop's mind. And look at what it took for the white woman to change the course. She had to get in front of a cop with his hand on his weapon. That's why it's important for us to have allies to speak up for us. That's why silence some people say silence is violence because you speaking up can actually change the course of certain things. Second thing is no one outside of those. And, 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 and by the way, I thought some prayers with those who were injured in that bike crash. I, I don't know if we said that, but our thoughts and prayers are with those individuals. Um, and we pray for a quick recovery, swift recovery for those individuals. 
outside of them, like nothing happened to you. But think about the trauma that that had on you. Oh, yeah. Think about the trauma and the impact. And what I want, you know, we don't just have like people listen to the podcast. We have people who are not black. I want you to think about the fact that no one got arrested. No one got injured. No one got murdered. But think of the trauma that was exchanged Mm. in that scenario. There are a lot of black people walking around with trauma based on their interactions with police officers. And so when we see something and think about how that trauma rears its ugly head, when we see a video of a George Floyd, when we see a video of a Jacob Blake, it brings you right back to your experiences that you've had with police. And that's why someone like you, Gatry, can say that could have been me because there was a day where it could have been you. You just never heard about it because there was a white lady who intervened and it didn't become, it it didn't land on the news. So I I think, I think it's important for us to not act like we know everything when we have these conversations and and we talked about it. It's, it's important to not make yourself, if you're not black and, and you're hearing about these stories, it's important to listen to those who've had experiences and run in with the cops. We know our experience has a way of shaping what we believe to be true about things, but we have to appreciate the fact that your experience isn't everyone else's experience. And if there are people who are saying clearly out of their mouths, Hey, the police, the police are being real aggressive towards us. The police are being, they're, they're being excessive. They're using excessive force. We're presumed guilty upon being approached. Then it's incumbent to listen to those experiences and, and get to the root of the problem. Because until then, if we don't, we don't begin to have intelligent conversations about this. And oftentimes you, the best way to converse with someone is to not say anything, but listen and understand if we're not having intelligent conversations where we're listening and understanding and getting to the root of the matter, these problems will continue. And unfortunately there will not be a white woman or a white person there to intervene and prevent it from happening. So that's all I got to say. Um, again, I thank you for being transparent about it and, uh, sharing your story. And again, these things have happened. Like I, I've, I haven't had anything like that, but I, I have been pulled over in neighborhoods and questioned why I was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it's, it's, and, common. And so like, it's common for us. Like, yeah, like, I, like I hate that. Presume, I hate that for you, but it's just like, yeah. that's something, that's something I've been through countless times, you know, just kind of sure. like, I, I just hate how, how, how common we've made that. But you know, yeah. unfortunately it's, it's, it's a part of the experience. And it's, and it's why, you have so many, see when LeBron James says that there are people afraid of cops, <laughs> that's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about because you already know, you already know to expect to be met with high degrees of suspicion. That's why you have to make sure your hands, your hand, they can see your hands. You know, I, I was thinking like, I'm as you're telling the story, Gatry, I'm putting myself in your shoes and thinking, okay, where should I put my hands? where they can see it. Do I put it on the car? Do I put it up? Where, where do I help neutralize them to know that I'm not a, you know what I mean? Like right. immediately I go into that 
because we already we've seen this movie so many times. So again, man, I thank you for sharing that. Um, and it's real. It's real. And I, my prayer is that we continue to have not so much you and I, but just our society begin to really have an honest conversation. Sure thing. Um, and not politicize this to where it's a Democrats versus Republicans thing. No, this is just a human decency issue. Like, be decent. And it's amazing that the person who actually hit the bikers, where was he in all of this? Ooh. Every you time, every time I saw, I mean, it, it, at one point, I mean, there was a verbal exchange between some of the biker and him, but that was like the I'm worst. Pretty sure, yeah, yeah. I'm but pretty sure. I read on the article on AL.com that you know he's not facing any charges. It was an accident. You know, it's kind of like, and it was okay. I love, don't, 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 don't let me say it wasn't. But I'm thinking <laughs> if I had been driving that vehicle, <laughs> would it have been an accident as well? Now, See what I, I'm saying I don't have so the answer it, to that, but it leads to a very curious. His position you have reason to wonder that right after your experience right you call the cops trying to get you you call 911 you didn't call the cops you call 911 yeah. to get help for the people you saw get injured and that's what you got met with Jeez. that was your reward for trying to be a good neighbor right Jeez. so yeah it's again it's it's I, I, and my thing is, I pray for you, man. I pray that 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 trauma, that that experience, it doesn't have a lasting. Because again, man, you you don't know you've been traumatized until you get triggered again, right? And <laughs> you know what I'm saying that's the crazy thing about trauma. So, and Walker, I'll I'll, sh- I'll share this in terms of kind of um, nurturing and dealing with the trauma. Uh, you know, when 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 I finally wrapped up the meeting, I was headed home. I did text my therapist, you know, and just just gave him a brief Good. a brief breakdown of what happened, and just asked him, "Is there any way we can move up, you know, our regular scheduled meeting so that we can tackle this head on and deal with everything that's going to come from this?" Because I know there's more. I know there's a part of me emotionally that's still in shock. And kudos um, to you, man. Thanks, man. And, and to piggyback on that, I want to shout out David Solomon, who was there for me. Um, you know, I, I reached out to him and kind of gave him a play by play. And uh, he, he not only did he listen and offer great insight and empathize, but he gave me several things that, you know, I need to consider doing immediately to work on that process of relieving the trauma. You know, so um, it was good. Good hearing that from from a, from a man I call my brother. So um, I know he listened. So I had to shout him out. Uh, so, yeah. So, is yeah, that's something you would want to share. Just is it something generally? Is it yeah, specific it's, to it's, you? it's definitely general. It, it, well, it's well, a little bit of both. So. The, the the thing the thing he was stressing to me was you know hey hey Ronnie look take a minute and really try to do something to take your mind off of it you know and it was funny I immediately started talking about work stuff and he was like okay I, I hear what you're saying but you know I've known you for a long time I know golf is a thing for you he's like Ronnie if you can at the very least go out and hit a bucket of golf balls which is what I did yesterday it was a it was a beautiful day um, but I, I took his I took his advice on that and my wife's advice as well. And I went out and I was able to disconnect for a period of time and focus on my terrible golf game. But um, (laughs) 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 it's something it's it's still something that I get a lot of joy from. And for that hour, I was able to just kind of zone out and just be there with, you know, golf club and ball and nature. So um, it, it was a it was a major key walker. So. I, I don't I don't know if that serves to help anyone else, but I, I can say that it definitely helped me yesterday in dealing with everything that that came with this. 
Yeah. Yeah, and well, it's a, it's a process, of course, because I still gotta, you know, I still gotta follow sure. my therapist. We gotta unpack a lot of things, you know. So yeah, anyway. Yeah, and again, I say I I, pre, I thank you for sharing that because you're not the only person who have had a run in with authority. So right. to hear that, to do something that can help take your mind off of it initially, reach out to their therapy. Again, we can't preach therapy enough on the podcast. Uh, get get someone to help you talk walk you through it um you you don't have to you don't have to you don't have to deal with your 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 trauma alone right at all and you shouldn't that's not a healthy way because you don't have all the answers and so someone can objectively walk you through that and help you navigate through it so again man um i'm glad you're safe um kudos to you for for trying to do the right thing and and definitely man um our prayers to you as well man that you you can again that your 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 faith in humanity which i know isn't isn't damaged in any way no. but that can that can that can erode a person's faith in humanity um if you allow it to for so sure. yeah i'll continue to pray for you in that regard and thanks for sharing again man. of course of course um well on that note do, do we want to <laughs> get said we did have a main list? topic do we do we want to get in do you yeah. want to get into the the prayer list we yeah, already Walker. covered you yeah seriously <laughs> so selfish but yeah um, um no it's not selfish at all no I, I think i would share that uh if that happened to me but because i stay at home all the time um it was going to happen to you um corn the quarantine four still going strong uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ooh, um, um, rest in peace to her. Um, I didn't realize she was 87, but she was appointed to the Supreme Court back in 93. Um, was the most senior member of, of the court's liberal wing. And uh, she died after a, a battle with cancer. I mean, cancer, goodness. After F another cancer. bout with cancer. You know, he, she, she had a history F of cancer. True. But she had a history of dealing with different types of cancer that she she was able to beat each time. So um, this one I think was in the pancreas. So yes, oh Lord have mercy. Yes, but, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Walker. No, 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 no. People, you know, over the past day or so, people have it's been an outpouring of love and um, and just appreciation for for who she was and and what she stood for. And um, she will definitely definitely be missed. This is actually very a, a big news story because. Again, we're in election year and, you know, the Supreme Court seats that was that's been a topic of discussion um, in this presidential election. Um, I think the Republicans hold a five, four advantage right now. Well, five, three advantage right now. And so who wins the election determines who fills her seat. Um, so it, it's it's a big talking point for the election. Uh, I think I think you know we don't have to get all political, but that has spawned a lot of news around whether or not um, there's a there's a rush to try to fill the seat. I think Democrats are trying to hold off to the election in case Joe Biden wins, so he gets to fill the seat. So it's just it's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with that. But anyway, our thoughts and prayers are, are, are with the family. Um, and those who were close to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And, and Walker, um, I, I will I will say this in processing this information. Um, I found myself getting caught up in the political angle of this, and I I had the self actualization to realize that this distraction eroded her legacy in that moment. You know, and 
for me it took it took the it took the microscope off of everything great she's done for this nation so um you know one of my thoughts was you know i didn't want to politicize this as i talked about it this morning or today whenever we're recording this but um you know i just i kind of wanted to lean in on the legacy that she left behind in terms of you know uh uh, female women empowerment you know what i'm saying i i knew she held the seat walker but i will admit i didn't know how deep-rooted her impact uh, went in terms of getting or working to get equal equal rights for women yeah. So, um, you know, I was just, I was just, I kind of, I, I kind of made that decision to pivot and focus more on RBG and her legacy. So um, this one, this one stings, man. This was a powerful woman we lost. Um, but, you know, our only prayer is that, you know, uh, her legacy lives on and uh, whatever happens that, you know, our nation becomes better because, because of what she has done for us. So, yeah. The notorious RBG is what some people refer to her as. Absolutely, um, she 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 did have an amazing legacy, and I I agree with you, Gatry. It's very calloused to get into to see that people are already trying to talk about how to fill her seat in the whole nine. But again, man, it's it when you're in it's an election year. That's all people care about. True. At the end of the day, unfortunately, not saying it's right or that I agree with it. It is what it is. It but reminds me of y'all again, when Turbobill left. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what, but again, that's why it's up to it's up to us to tout her legacy. Right. Um, and be the ones to talk about the things she stood for, whether it was, you know, uh same sex marriage or voting rights or, you know, it women's issues. So um again, um a giant uh, for the people, um, RBG. Also, man, we want to we want to pray for those who are affected by Hurricane Sally. Yes. Um, the past week, um, Hurricane Sally swept through the Gulf, um, affected areas in Florida, Alabama, I think Louisiana as well. Right, right. Um, millions of dollars in property damages. Um, people displaced, homes, businesses ruined. Um, people think still without power and I think there were some confirmed deaths. So again, this is hurricane season. This, this happens. You hate it. I mean, my thing is I was like, can, can we cancel at least cancel? We've canceled everything else. Can we at least cancel hurricane season? But no, I I guess, I guess it's still, still going as scheduled. So, um, I thought some prayers with those affected, affected by hurricane Sally. Also, man, I want to point out and kind of chat with you about this. Um, we may end up going over long too, but uh, prayer list is on couples divorcing. Um, of course, in the news, Ray J announced that he was he was divorcing um, his wife, and of course, there was Cardi being offset. Um, my thoughts and prayers are with them. You know, I know a lot of people tend to pick sides on these types of issues. I really. Uh, particularly speaking about the Cardi B offset thing. I don't know what all was going on. Like it was reported that there was, uh, there was cheating going on in a part of offset. If that's true, I, I feel as I feel bad for Cardi because that's, she doesn't, no one deserves that, but I feel bad for someone like offset. And here's why I feel that way is because <laughs> 
Gatry, you can bag me up, but marriage is is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Being committed to one woman is not for the faint of heart. And just like you have to be ready to play at the highest level of basketball or football or whatever it is, you have to be prepared to play at the highest level of relationships and marriage and being committed uh, to one woman takes discipline. And unfortunately, man, in our community and our society perpetuates that men not be disciplined sexually. And the problem is that I'm seeing with a lot of men is we're not, we're being encouraged to not have discipline and then get into a situation that forces us to be disciplined. If I, again, if, if, if I have never been conditioned to say no to cookies and Cheez-Its and, and chips hey, and easy, sodas, easy, easy. Hey, I just want to make it relatable. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden your wife says, if you eat a Cheez-It or a cookie or whatever, we're in trouble merit, you know, in our marriage in marriage, we're in trouble. Think of the, pre- and again, the cookies are, they don't leave. They're still in the house, but now you have to do something you've never done before. And that's say no to your favorite treats. Right. Say no to the things that you used to just indulge in. And that's what, that's what's happening to guys like that is that no one is, no one is really informing and, and dude, I'm so happy. I, I'm ble- I feel like I hit the lottery in terms of like my parents. Um, cause I had a dad who really encouraged me. I was always relationship minded because he, he modeled it, but he instructed me, you know, your goal is not to have a girlfriend is to have a wife. And so his thing was, yeah, I had a girlfriend, I had girlfriends, but that wasn't the end game, right? His thing was, you should be working towards a commitment. I don't know. You familiar with Van Lathan? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of of TMZ, he yeah. was, you remember the famous Kanye rant, you know, uh, he rolled up in the TMZ office and said slavery was a choice and there was right. a black guy in the room who checked him. That was Van Lathan. Okay. I was listening to him on a podcast and he was talking about how he was like 14 or 15 and he may have been 13, maybe 14, I think. And his, his dad was like, you still a virgin? And he was like, yeah. And his dad was like, about time for you to go handle that, right? Mm. And so at an early age, he was being encouraged to indulge in sex. And so if you have that kind of background, if you have that kind of experience where no one is telling you to say no to those sexual urges, you know what I mean? And that's why I champion you for waiting till marriage because you've learned sexual discipline mm-hmm. in abstaining. Like right. th- I think that's the beauty of abstaining is for a lot of us as men. And again, Gat, you know, again, being married, just because you're married, you just don't have access to the <laughs> sex like, like you think you will. Big facts. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. So again, especially pregnancy if there's there's complications if she had a c-section that like you may be not having sex for a while so you're going to have to learn sexual discipline so when i look at these stories man like my heart goes out to both of them and you know you as p as two guys who who are devoted to our wives it breaks my heart to see marriages fail 
um, because you want everyone to experience the love that, that you're experiencing on a daily basis, right? right? Like, that's what it's all about. So, yeah, man, my thoughts and prayers, man. I just didn't know if you had any thoughts about yep. about these relationships. And I know COVID has been putting a strain on a lot of marriages anyway. Oh, yeah. But what yeah. are your thoughts? And, and, and my uh, my marriage is no different. Uh, but I, this is this is going to sound weird, but, I, you know, I've got a level, level of empathy for Offset. Only because... Um, me too. Because, because, and this, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm just going to get it out. For you and I, I feel like it's easier for us to sustain a marriage, right? We're not in the public eye. We're not, you know, so we, we don't, we don't, we don't have paparazzi flashing bulbs at us and all that stuff. There's, sure. and I, I'm speaking for myself here, but there's not, there's not a high level of demand for me. So, so for me, for me, it's just like, it's so easy for me to, to stay committed to my wife because I don't have anybody knocking on my door. I don't have anybody sliding my DMs. So, you know, I try to put on, I try to, you know, walk in offset shoes just for a minute. I'm thinking, well, this guy's got temptation knocking at his door seemingly every second of the day, you know, if for no other reason than his fame alone. So Absolutely. like how much more difficult does that make his marital union? Cause we are men, but we are human, man. Like we can only take so much before, you know, we, we are in that position of where we're really deciding if we're going to, you know, step into the deep end or not. Right. So, um, I'm not condoning infidelity by any means. I'm just, I'm just kind of stepping back and assessing it and just knowing that it has to be difficult for him. Now, once you, once you take, once you take your part in that covenant, you have to be committed to rising above a lot of all that foolishness, just because it's the, it's the principle of what mar marriage is all about. You're choosing this one woman over everything else. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, to your point, Walker, it starts with education. What does it, what does it mean? What does an impactful marriage look like? What does it mean? What does it, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for my spouse? You know what I'm saying? Right. And these principles, unfortunately, are just not being, being, uh, projected or taught, uh, to a lot of men today. So, you know, right. that, that's why I'm kind of thankful that for this platform to where you and I can be more honest about our relationships and uh, in particular our marriages and just, you know, share, you know, how much beauty and joy they bring, number one, but also talk about, you know, the hard work that goes into it. But it, it's it's all for a great purpose and a great reason. That, that is my honest, honest to God belief. So um, yeah. that, that's all I had to say about that. Again, I'm not condoning <laughs> what Offset did. You, you can show empathy for him and show empathy for her at the same time. Sure, it's like sure. it's not like you got to pick or choose who you're going to show empathy for. You have a different kind of empathy for her that you have for Offset. Because again, it goes back to the example I said, it's easy not to cheat on your diet when you don't have snacks in your house. Right. <laughs> you don't ha you don't need that much discipline when you have nothing but fruits and vegetables and all the clean foods and whole foods in your house. But when you got Oreos and ice cream and, and Cheez-Its, <laughs> right. <laughs> You're not gonna let me right. live today. <laughs> now you need some discipline, right. right? Because you can easily just go and get that. And that's where a lot of us, we don't have it. So the more status you have, the more popularity and fame and money you have, you gotta be disciplined because you got people coming at you who don't care a thing about your marriage. And so that's, again, if you don't have that instilled in you, you're gonna crash and burn every time. And that's what happened here. And so again, man, my thoughts and prayers are with them just even moving forward. You, you, hope, you hope he learns from this. You hope they learn to have healthy relationships moving forward and you know, there's always a second chance and you just hope that they can figure it out, you know? So gotcha. 
Discuss your trash. Let's get Doherty Walker. Um, can I start? Go for it. This is such a terrible segue. My fr- the first thing I want to talk about. Gosh, I'm just not realizing this, but I didn't know we were going to talk about the divorce thing. Um, Florida pastor kills his wife for cheating. Discuss her trash. I did not know this would be a dork topic. Um, but you saw this. Yeah, I don't know what. Well, here's the thing, Walker. I'm I. I, I'm trying to decide if I want to trash this. Well, or not. before you do, let me offer you something. Um, God that, bless you. The, the situation itself is tragic enough, but um, you know, kind of piggybacking off of this, and you know, me kind of striving to be more transparent. Given the given the facts and details we know about this case, I want to present this door uh, this door situation in a what would you do type perspective. And now, now I know easily like we, we, we wouldn't kill our wives for sure. If, if, if we were exposed to <laughs> sim- similar things, but I just, yeah, I want to, I want to bring a, re- a more, a more reality or a, a more like since I uh, trash this Walker. <laughs> trash. <laughs> Terrible. That's I that, when I, I saw that I was, I was, I was triggered. The I infamous, was like, the infamous Carlton Banks stealing the ball from Will and shooting it from half court and not even, <laughs> not even hitting the backboard. <laughs> Sorry. He hit the wall of the gym. Hit the wall of the gym. <laughs> Just short of the scoreboard. <laughs> what you got, Walker? <laughs> Goodness. Um, the Breonna Taylor settlement. Discuss trash. Let's talk about this, Walker. I'm very fiercely opinionated on this. Alrighty. Uh, we don't have to get into all the specifics. We could talk about what's included in the settlement, but just know that the family, and this is, of course, courtesy of the Louisville Courier Journal, family of Breonna Taylor and the Louisville uh, Metro government reached a massive $12 million settlement this past Tuesday in a civil suit, not a criminal investigation suit, but a civil suit over the 26-year-old shooting death um, dating back on March the 13th. Um, included in that settlement of $12 million is um, police reform. We don't have to go down the bullet points of which each one entails. But, yeah, you, you have opinions about it. Fierce. You're shaking your head. You feel away. Talk to me. What's up? It's not enough, Walker. Um, this, is, this is, in my opinion an attempt to sweep this thing under the rug. Um, I think the big picture here is Walker. What needs to be focused on is there needs to be some type of repercussions given to these police officers for the false, uh, was it the false no knock or whatever? I mean, th- these they are illegally obtained a no knock warrant that was later deemed and like no longer legal. Like, this is what I want to talk about. You know, I don't I don't want to 12 million dollars is great. 12 million dollars is a lot of money. 12 million dollars will probably set your family up for a good amount of time. It's not going to bring Breonna Taylor back, but it's also not going to change anything in terms of, you know, that. Yeah, there is police reform jargon put in this or buried somewhere deep in the settlement. But, you know, like, like you said, we're not going to get into it. But, you know, the crux of it is like, what does that really mean? And all I think it means is just another excuse to continue doing the same thing we've been doing for for hundreds of years now. So I, I don't buy it, Walker. I, I trash the settlement personally. Is it wrong to look at it as a step in the right direction? What if what if they do decide to indict the police officers? Well, I mean, 
Because because again, that's a big if Walker. Last week, that's last a week's big. podcast, the 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 AG is is supposed to present to um to present the case and decide if they're going to uh, indict the officers or not, right? But we know how this is going to end. Think about it, Walker. Think about it. Well, I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying I I said this differently. I know, Walker, but come on, dude. You got to face reality at some point. Walker, they've had a lot of time. Don't lose sight of the fa- of that fact. They got, had- I, I know that. I, I Again, I told you I was worried last week. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I don't like the timing of it. I think the timing of it is really questionable. I don't like right? any parts of it. I just don't like the timing of it. My thing is, if 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 you can win a civil suit and then get justice in the criminal courts, that's two for two. That's a win. And that's not but realistic. I'm not. I'm not ready to celebrate just yet. That's my whole thing. I'm not celebrating over this because the 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 we they won the civil battle, but the war is still on, right? So my thing is, I'm still hopeful for justice. I'm still hopeful for the again. I'm rooting for the family at the end of the day. Yeah, of I course. want the family to get what they're hoping and believing for. And even Breonna Taylor's mom was like, "This is this is not the end. We're not done yet." And so I again, I stand with her. On that regard, so I'm, fact, I'm I'm holding out my comments and hopes until the attorney general rules on this situation. Caesar Walker, listen to me before we go to the next topic. The fact that you're trying to pay these black people off means that there's something. Mm. I'll just leave that there. I hear you. Okay, what you got, Walker? Stephen Curry and Netflix are going to reboot Good Times in uh, animated form. Discuss or trash? Trash. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Next topic, sir. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why I was laughing. That's really why I was laughing. <laughs> You're right. Nailed it. Um, the Clippers got clipped. Discuss Ooh, trash. Not going to stay long here, Walker. But I got to discuss it. Um, you know, oh, I, well, I got some questions to ask you. Well, let's this. let's start with your questions. Okay. Well, again, as we know, the the Clippers decided that they wanted to socially distance themselves from the championship. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't about the Denver Nuggets this past uh, week in a Game Seven series in which they did not show up. (laughs) Reason why I'm going hard on them is because if you remember, I gotta own it yet. I picked them to win it all, so of course I have to revisit that and then preface that and then go in on them. My question to you. The Clippers talked about chemistry issues in the press conferences. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> nah, bro. Y'all were clicking on all cylinders. <laughs> Go ahead, Walker. I'm sorry. You, I'm being disrespectful. Buy or sell? Are you buying that? Are no. you buying that excuse? No, <laughs> not at all. Y'all trash, okay. man. Y'all, y'all are just absolute trash. Y'all got outplayed. Y'all got out hustled. Y'all thought y'all were gonna coast. To the WCF to face the Western Lakers. Conference finals. Yes. Yep. And then you got left with the WTF. 
finals. What? <laughs> Playoffs? <laughs> Where are the sound clips I really need for this one? Nah. Right. So 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 no, nah, I'm selling that Walker. Get that out of here. Um I don't think they're not wrong. They just can't make that argument. Right, right. Not not they're to not, me. They're not completely wrong about that because I think they said they only played as a total team. They only played twenty games together. That's that's but you can't that's make that argument. That's bull. You can't you can't make that argument when you're up. You were up three one. Like no one's. See, here's the thing. See, you can't make that argument when you're. You see, if, I don't hear you talking about them when you're winning. See, here's the thing. Here's why I have a lot of tremendous amount of respect for for Nick Saban, the guy who coaches that godforsaken program across the state from my alma mater. Okay, mm. y'all can beat a team by forty, and Saban can be pissed off, Usually right? Is, yeah, <laughs> it, I mean, pissed, right? Because he is seeing things that could cause them maybe not against Southern Miss. But it could cost you a game against LSU. It could cost you a game against an Auburn if we could if we don't clean these things up. Right? You're trash. So my thing is if you make if you make an excuse that you have not been saying this whole season about chemistry issues and how we need to work on these things, even when you're winning, I don't want to hear it now. Right? Because when you were beating up on Dame Lillard and he missed those free throws, I remember Paul George. going ham right dude can, can we pray for him he was my next question i want to he had some comments he was my next guy before you pray let's talk about this what do you you buy or sell his comments about this wasn't a championship or bus season <laughs> <laughs> no you know I, I i buy that because um you know a team team like the clippers you know we only lace them up to make it to the semifinals. you know that that was our goal um we got Kawhi here. We got PG here, but we weren't really. We weren't, I mean, it wasn't like we were really trying to, you know, get the rings or nothing. So the year prior, so let me get this straight. So the year prior, they only got to the first round. So they traded away all their first round picks to get to get Paul George just to get to the semifinals. Right. right. So we, we traded away our future for Paul George. But we didn't have no expectations in the present because, you know, right? Can, can, I just dro- can I just drop this bomb here, Walker? What? Dude, the slander this guy's been getting on social media is why I want to pray for him. You know what they said, dude? There's a dude out there that said if PG shot Tupac, he'd still be alive. <laughs> 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 George deserve that man. Like this, this guy, this guy's a. Yeah, what happened to him? 
I don't do. I really don't know. I don't remember this you, being you know, like. You, you know, he did. He did come out and say, you know, like from like an emotional standpoint, he'd been struggling with the whole bubble thing, being away from his, you know, his, his circle, I guess. And that took a mental toll on him. He said that around the time of the Jacob Blake thing. You remember that? Um, sure. So I don't know if this was a, like a delayed effect or if it had an impact on his game. But if you remember, Walker, I think I think the next couple of games after he made those comments, he had outstanding performances. So if you're like me, you're thinking, OK, well, well, he dealt with that or is, is it made some progress in dealing with that. And now is able to focus on basketball. But um, I, again, again, Walker, with the team, with the caliber of the Clippers up three one. Nothing against I've the seen Nuggets. Him shrinking, I've seen him shrinking games like in recent years, though, like in big moments. Dame, Dame Lillard waving goodbye to him last year. I've seen him shrink. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like He vanished that series. So, yeah. Like, again, I don't, I don't remember Walker. this. Because that's your home. I remember that's he your was homeboy. giving LeBron and the Heat the blue. Dude, you remember that when he was with the Pacers? Pacers? He was working Braun. He, he took them seven. The and, you were, and you were thinking like. Dude, the Pacers could beat the Heatles. Like, he was giving LeBron work. I'm like, where is that? Because, again. Nah, he broke his leg since then. So, give him some. That's what I'm saying. Okay, that's what I was getting to. Like, does something psychologically go off in here when that happens? Because, again, he has not been that same killer. He hadn't been, he hadn't that been he killing was. like that, no. Maybe. Walker. Still that talented. Was, that was pretty Still gruesome. Points. That was a pretty gruesome break. He was a killer prior to that. True. Like, and then again, I, I I date back to that. Like, did something? He's healed now, but did something switch off in here? It's up that, in his head that just he's not the same guy. Maybe. And if, if that's the reason, then uh, Lord, please forgive me because that that injury, dude. We can't take anything away from that. That was that was gruesome. So it was, it was, it was. But I, I've always just wondered about that. But anyway, um, did you do you do you have anything else on that? No. We can move on. Kanye um, West urinates on his Grammy Awards. Discuss your trash. Give me three for three here, Walker. Come on. Come on. You can do this. I, I don't. I said this before. I said this before. I really, again, I, I don't. He's a boy who cried wolf. Like, I, I don't care. Like he's even saying things that make sense, but I just don't care. I don't. Mm. I don't and, care, Kanye. And if we de- if we decide to discuss it, I was going to uncover some of those things because yeah, you know, so, some of that, some of what he, I mean, he kind of led off his Twitter rant with this to kind of got like get people like I guess con- concerned or interested. But then he there's some other stuff that you know screenshotting contracts and all this stuff. So if you want to talk about it, we can. If not. Let's trash it. Okay. I'm trashing it because he, he's been in the game far too long. To he knows who to talk to. To again, the No Limit Doc with Master P. Master P put up cash to speak with people connected to Michael Jackson as to how he could obtain his own masters and obtain what he wanted in the music business. You can take that same blueprint and figure out how to get what you need. And get what you want in the business. Right. You ain't got to rant about it. I don't care. I don't. I really don't care. Like, whatever. So yeah, let's um, trash it. Is uh, is that album coming out? What album? Okay, go ahead. Um, TikTok download ban has been delayed a week. Trash. 
Um, and I and I I'm a TikTok person. I just don't care about this anymore. That's what I thought. I, I figured this would hit home with I'm you. I'm a TikToker. But, uh, I've produced okay. I produced a couple TikToks. We're probably going to end up on TikTok soon. Okay. So I'm with it. Um, did you anything else you want to discuss, or should we just go ahead and transition on out of here? There, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, but yeah. Um, shout outs. Shout outs, week. Walker. Um, Maya Moore. She got a, she put a ring on it, or or John Irons put a ring on it. You remember? You remember the guy that she um quit the WNBA for to help him beat his case or whatever and she allocated all these resources to get him out right yep he proposed to get married I hear where's mine congratulations there it is dude so somebody cue Tyler Perry for this uh, screen right please because this is going to be great this is something that needs to be on the big screen I think I'm pretty sure there will be a movie about this in the future sometime. Gotcha. That yeah. was quick and easy, but when I heard about this, I immediately added it to my notes. My shout out uh, is going out to, I believe this may have been a previous shout out of mine, <gasps> but this person is is um, continuing to be great. Cartier Carey, ring a bell, 11 year old. Need more? This is courtesy of CNN.com. Uh, um, he is proving no one is too young to make a difference. The 11-year-old is working hard to provide relief for single mothers one cup of lemonade at a time. Yes, Walker, you did do this one. Okay. Um, and I, earlier this year, he was he was creating care packages. Yeah. Party packs with deodorant, soap. So It was episode 64. <laughs> was it? I don't know. <laughs> so now he is rallying members of of Hampton, Virginia community to raise money by selling lemonade and other treats. And the proceeds will go towards buying diapers and wipes for mothers in need. So I want to shout out this young guy for not just creating a moment, but actually creating a mission and continuing to help his community in light of COVID and just to pay it forward and help others who are in need. So shout out to the 11-year-old Cartier Carey. I'm giving you I'm giving you a lot on that, but that was definitely worthy of repeating. So thank you, dude. Yeah. yeah. Walker, you're not going to believe my player of the week. So fitting for the NFL coming back. Uh, did you hear about yeah. uh, did you hear about old JJ Jerry Jones down in uh Dallas, Texas? Um, no. Oh, well, you're going to love this. Walker, you know, we, we as um, humans, not just Americans, but we as humans, we are, we, are, we are all impacted by COVID in some kind of way. And I believe, Walker, I can walk out of this studio today and poll 100 people and say, hey, what, do, do you want COVID to stay or do you want COVID to go away? And I, I would have to guess all of them will want it to go away. Jerry's no different. But here's the difference, Walker. Jerry's got the fix for us. He's got the cure to COVID. You ready for this, Walker? 
All ears. So, you know, Jerry's trying to find every way he can to pad his wallets like he hadn't made enough money. And he's deeply impacted by, um, you know, this whole CDC recommending that, you know, uh, sports arenas not be to 100% capacity. So Jerry says, hey, no, 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 no. Now, listen, listen. Y'all tripping. Bring everybody to AT&T Stadium where, where my Cowboys play. Let's pack it out. Let's open the roof. And let's open the door, the end zone doors, right? What it'll do is it'll create a vacuum. So as droplets are dispersed in between fans while watching the game, they can't really land on anybody because the vacuum the stadium will create will just take take the droplets out of there just to see, uh, essentially just rid everyone of COVID type of exposure. Huh. So, uh, so I mean, Walker, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I did what I think everybody else did. And that was, you know, go to Southwest.com and see how soon I can fly to Dallas so I can get in the stadium just so I can be safe from COVID. You know, it's a, it's a COVID haven, the vacuum, right? Um, <laughs> I thought they were just going to DM you and just mention Jerry Jones as player of the week, but go ahead. <laughs> So um, anyway, this as I continue to read this article, uh, they they humorously uh, fact checked Jerry Jones, and uh, while opening the doors and the roof will create a limited vacuum, it's not enough to keep uh, everyone safe, especially Walker, especially at a hundred percent capacity. Jerry Jones, you idiots! So is he doing it? No, he's not doing it. Because, <laughs> I mean, I just don't put it past people like him. Well, like, he, he the, shot the his arrogance shot. of some people to even, you know what I'm saying? Like, did, I just want to know, did they stop him? That's yes, all I want to know. Yes, he shot his shot. He's he, been ridiculous before <laughs> and and has doubled and died on that cross. <laughs> Big facts so there, Walker. Like, <laughs> anyway. But, you, you know, this it's I, I'm not, like, personally... I don't I don't have a desire or dream to like have a whole bunch of money. But you know, I, I can't help but be curious, once you do start accumulating a lot of wealth, does that just give you the green lights to say whatever you want to say? Mm, in a lot of ways, yeah. Okay. Well then we'll have plenty of player of the weeks so in the future. What you got, Walker? <laughs> uh mine is a uh professor. University at the University of Duquesne, Duquesne mm. University. Uh, Gary Shank. <laughs> I've been already. That name is classic. Yeah. <laughs> He's a weapon for sure. <laughs> Gary Shank is a psychology professor. And during class um, on video, he was corresponding with his with his uh, students. He decided he wanted to let a few n words fly. Okay, no harm so, done. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. So he asks the class, and and again, this is a classic example of not being able to read the room. Okay, Shane goes, "What's one word?" This is courtesy of NBC News. What's one word about race that we're not allowed to use? Class is silent. Class says nothing. Class already knows, right? Again, got to read the room. Got to read the room. I'll give you a hint as if they needed it. It starts with an N. 
Shank says. In the article, it says several seconds of silence follows his remarks. No one says nothing. He says, it's even hard to say, okay, I'll tell you the word. And again, I'm not using it in any way other than to demonstrate a point, Shank says. Then he proceeds to use a slur. Of course, students were uncomfortable. The video of this got out and he has been placed on, I think it's paid leave as the university continues to investigate. The the point that Shank was unintentionally trying to demonstrate is that it doesn't matter how you try to use this word, you should never do it. And you should read the room well enough to know that, you know, you should moonwalk out of this. Okay. Gary Shank, um, this may not have cost you your job yet. That's to be determined. But uh, this definitely earned you a Play of the Week award. Khaled? Congratulations. You played yourself. Psychology professor. Well, didn't he? Um, you know, I did want to talk about the sheriff who challenged LeBron to... Uh, did you hear about that? No, keep talking. Oh, dude, Just a come you get your boy. about this? Uh, well, you know, there was two officers and uh, two uh, Los Angeles County uh, police officers uh, who were shot. Ooh. Someone rolled up on them and shot them. I saw that video. My goodness. Um, and the sheriff challenged LeBron James uh, to match the $175,000 reward and money being offered on the information of the gunman. Um he was gonna be my player of the week, but I, I felt like Gary Shank uh, shanked them for for that spot. So, well yeah. But anyway, um, that's all I got, man. If you if you don't have anything else, nah, that's all I got, man. Well, guys, we want to thank you for listening. I don't have any wise words from the week. All I have to say is, uh, may the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. Shall we go in peace, be productive, be successful, be healthy, be safe. And as always, I am Caesar Walker. He is Ronnie Gatry. With our powers combined, we are the Tipping Point Podcast. Have a great one. Thanks for listening.